Welcome to another episode of the BU Podcast, where light banter meets deep topics of the heart and soul. I'm your host, Chris Sirock. Welcome, friends. I hope you're having a beautiful unfolding of your day wherever you are. I'm super excited about today's guest. Victoria M. Gallagher is a worldwide leader in hypnotherapy, a best-selling author, international speaker, life success coach, and renowned authority on the law of attraction. She has dedicated her life to empowering people all over the world to successfully live a life of liberty, aligned with their dreams through her effective meditative recordings and online courses. Through her podcast, The Power of Your Mind, she exudes her passion for inspiring listeners with influential guests in the areas of self-development, mindset, discipline and habits, entrepreneurship, wealth, and relationships. Wow, I am really excited about this one. Welcome, Victoria. Hello, Chris. It's so great to see you again and be on the other side of the screen. <laughs> well, same side, but just <laughs> <laughs> exactly different side of the conversation. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I get to ask the questions this time. Exactly. I'm so looking forward to this. And I often say that the most unremarkable people have the most remarkable stories. In this case, we have in you a remarkable person <laughs> with a remarkable story. <laughs> But ultimately, I think there's no um, ordinary life ever for anyone. So with that, maybe start somewhere in your journey where you were not the way you are today and reflect <laughs> on kind of some of the twists and turns and what happened, what were big events or small shifts that kind of led you to where you are today and who you are today. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you so much for asking me that. So there's been a few key points in my life where I was different from who I am today and that made me who I am today. And I would say the first key moment was really that everybody says that they're born in like a dysfunctional family or they had a bad childhood. I didn't really have like a horrible childhood, but you know, parents got divorced, new kid in school, had to wear these big, thick glasses with a patch over one eye. <laughs> and that led to all kinds of teasing. And these days they would call it bullying. And my mom, bless her heart, did the best that she could to try to alleviate some of that pain. She gave me this story to tell the kids that was, oh, just tell them that you took your eye out to keep an eye on the house. And it was like, that didn't actually help things. <laughs> <laughs> it's creative, though. <laughs> it was very creative. But yeah, they thought I was even more of a weirdo at that point. And um, so fast forward to about 18, my mom gave me this. Um, she sent me this book. I moved out of the house. I wanted to get out of, you know, Growing up in Washington State, I, I grew up in a very, very dysfunctional family. Um, everyone that I lived with, all my cousins, you know, dropouts, everybody, you know, had their obesity, drug addiction, alcohol abuse, you name it. We just had all the boxes checked of every dysfunction known to man. And for me, I don't know, I feel like I was just kind of I had a gift given to me at such an early age, you know, when I was walking home from school, all those days, 
I heard a voice inside of me that just kind of started guiding me, you know, and you can call it God, spirit, whatever you want to call it. But it was just like steering me in to- away from that whole environment. So as soon as I graduated high school, I left there, moved in with my dad, who was a successful stockbroker, uh, but also a womanizer. And <laughs> so take your pick, you know, but as I was living with him, my mom had sent me this book called Total Self-Confidence. And it was really my first introduction to the whole world of self-help, personal growth, self-improvement. And it talked about all of our mistaken certainties and how we had been hypnotized to, you know, believe all of these things about ourselves. And that ultimately, if you put your mind to it, you could do anything. And I just like, okay, this is speaking my language. This is exactly, um, you know, where I want to be. And so um, fast forward, to another 10 years, I find myself as a financial consultant, um, have everything together, had all the things that you could possibly want at 28 years old. I had a six figure income. I was married, good shape, had a house, nice car, you name it. And even though I had all those things going for me, I felt like really unfulfilled, depressed, anxious. And so I started seeing a therapist and she recommended that I go to this personal development seminar. And at the personal development seminar, we did a lot of closed eye techniques. Now, looking back on that, I knew that that was hypnosis and meditation and visualization and just the power of like law of attraction. uh, That was first introduced to me way back then, back in like 19... 98. Actually, even in that book, the total self-confidence he alluded to law of attraction. So piecing it all together, I realized at that time, after going through the personal development seminar, that I wanted to give people that experience. I wanted to give people the chance to have these epiphanies. And um, initially I thought it would be like doing this live, but you know, I decided that since people didn't seem to want to like come to the seminar, um, <laughs> I decided that I would take the information that I knew and that I would teach people visualization and I would teach people how to tap into the power of the mind through little recordings that they could buy on the internet. And I'll keep in mind, this was back in 1998. So the internet was like brand new. I mean, people were still accessing their accounts through AOL and Netscape and, you know, things like that. I mean, there was no Google, there was no Yahoo, that none of those um, channels existed at the time. So it was very new. And so a lot of people doubted, you know, when I said, I'm going to do this, I'm going to sell on the internet, you know, I'm going to create these self-help recordings and I'm going to sell on the internet. And people thought I was crazy. And, but you know, I just, I I tapped back into the same knowledge. Like I just knew that like, if I, you know, believe I can achieve, I can do anything. And so I started, I I found a uh, hypnosis school, got certified within about six months. The 
boss that I was working for, uh, where I was making my six figure income, mind you, found out what I was doing that I would have moonlighting, which was a no, no in our industry, moonlighting, meaning like creating my own business. And he gave me an ultimatum and he said, you have 30 days to figure it out. I took all 30 days to trying to figure out like, how am I going to replace my income over this time? Because all that was happening in my business at that point was expenses, no income. And I made the smart choice that anybody would uh, make at that time, quit my job with absolutely no. (laughs) That's definitely the smart choice. Yeah. (laughs) Smart choice. (laughs) And I jumped in with, you know, head first, both feet. And, you know, I went through Every possible horrible thing that could happen, I didn't get insured. And I ended up in the hospital with $30,000 of hospital bills. My ex-husband that I was married to before filed bankruptcy and we didn't do our divorce the right way. So I ended up assuming all his debt. I went through so much financial turmoil. I ended up having to file my own bankruptcy because I was like $80,000 in debt with no income at all. And even then people kept telling me, go get a job, go get a job. And I'm like, nope. (laughs) You know, all the time that I could possibly be using um, at a job is time that I could be using to figure out how to become a success online. And so it took me about a year and a half of that whole twist and turn from the moment of you know, leaving my job to a year and a half later, I turned my first profit and wow. um, started yeah. supporting myself. And I never looked back. And it's just what's been amazing. And since then, you know, I've got this whole personal development empire of courses and coaching and four best selling books. I'm in the middle of writing another one, which I absolutely know will be another bestseller and you know, apps and <laughs> all kinds of cool stuff. That is remarkable. That is so super. So true.com era entrepreneur and really seeing it through. That That's incredible. I don't know if most people would have made that decision, no matter what their heart said in a circumstance like that. So that's remarkable. And you reap the rewards. What do you think is the difference between, even as you were describing being a little child and hearing that inner voice, and what is the difference between yourself in that situation and others who don't have the inner voice or hear it, but don't listen to it. Yeah, they hear it, but they don't listen to it. And so I think the difference is one of the things that I'm learning right now. I'm starting to realize that, okay, I shouldn't even take credit for this. Like this isn't even really me, you know, this is just me aligning with the higher self you know, aligning with God, aligning with the universe, aligning with what the universe wants for me to do. And so I think for people who don't do that, it's a struggle. And I can attest to that struggle because I have ignored that voice and I have struggled. And I think actually early on, one of the reasons why I did struggle for a year and a half, even though all these other things seemingly came in to make things more difficult to complicate things. There were things I could have been doing. Like I, I was not listening. I was not taking time to meditate every day during that, that year and a half. 
I got to experience what it's like for most people who don't listen. It was really ironic and it was really hypocritical in a way because here I was in my little studio making all these recordings. You can be the best, you know, you can, you can be successful. You can have abundance. You can um, be motivated. You can lose weight. And here I am sitting (laughs) in my office, staying up all night, creating these things, eating chips, gaining weight, um, (laughs) not listening to any meditation, stressed out, you name it. Like during that time, I was like the biggest hypocrite. And it was like, finally, one day, that's what really turned everything around for me ultimately was um, when, you know, I had to borrow money from a friend after I'd borrowed money from my dad, after I borrowed money from my mom, after I borrowed money from my sister, I'm like, never, ever, ever did I have to borrow money from anybody. And here I am, can I borrow a thousand dollars? You know, it's like so humbling, so humiliating. And it was after that phone call with a friend asking him if I could borrow money. I was like, oh, so disgusted with myself. I'm so humiliated. Like, what have I done? that voice came back. Like I was like literally almost like Neil Donald Walsh in the conversations with God. And this was before that book came out, but I was writing a letter to God and I was like, why me? Like, why is this happening? All I did was just follow my dream. Like, why is everything crashing? Why is everything falling apart? And I realized because of this voice that I was being a victim, I was being a victim, you know, it's like, why me? That is the biggest victim conversation you can have, you know, it's like, this isn't happening to me. It's all happening for me. And these are all like little messages. So I heard that I wasn't following my own advice. I wasn't listening to my own meditations. I wasn't doing any of the stuff that got me into this place in the first place. And I just kind of let it all fall by the wayside. Cause that's what you do when you're in fight or flight mode and the boss gives you 30 days and you make the decision and you say, Oh my God, did I make the right decision? (laughs) And you're trying to figure out like, what's the quickest way I can get there. And it's like, well, certain things just seem to fall by the wayside. And I realized you can never lose that connection. Once you lose that, you've lost everything. Mm, Yeah. And I think a lot of people will say that if they are so busy and because they're in fight or flight mode that they don't have time for some of these quote unquote luxuries of self-development and just listening to a voice. (laughs) And it sounds like life drove you to a point of surrender, ultimately of having Mm -hmm. to come back to it. And there's probably a lesson in the veering off the path, either building contrast, building some kind of resilience, muscle learning, what it's like to not be in alignment so that you can then more accurately talk about it when, when you're back in alignment. But how in the moment would you say, what brought you through the moments of fear and doubt and hesitation? Because the fear can become disabling and paralyzing. 
Yeah, it absolutely can. And I just, I wanted to follow up real quickly with, you know, when you don't have time to meditate, there's this ancient proverb, (laughs) I'm sure you've heard it before, where he says, meditate for 15 minutes a day, unless you don't have enough time, then one hour. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, But there's a number of things that really got me through. Number one was just, I just have this innate belief in myself. I've just always had, no matter how far I get kicked down, it was just that belief that I knew that one day I would overcome that. The same way that I knew as a child walking home from school and I knew it's like, I would tell myself like one day you're going to be somebody, (laughs) you know, one day you're going to look back on all this and you're going to realize there was a reason for this. And that was one of the uh, crazy things that did happen in that moment was I got back in alignment. I got back in touch was when I was doing the writing, it was almost like I floated above myself and it was just like my mind could look down on me and see this pity party that I was having with myself and see like, okay, that's not me. Like that's this really weakened version of myself that I'm playing. And like, why am I playing that role? And it was exactly like what you said. I was playing a role so that I knew how other people feel when they're playing that role, but they don't realize they're playing that role. And so I can so empathize with people who are stuck and afraid and they want to pursue their dream. And I can also like explain to them, um, this isn't magic, the law of attraction and, and hypnosis and all of that, it's not magic, but what it is, it's about just remapping your thinking and giving you a little bit of a clearer line of connection from where you are to what you want. But it's instead of having to go, it's going to kind of take you, you know, it's going to clear out some of those lines, but not all of them. You know, you're still going to have your downs, your ups, but that trajectory is going to be a little bit easier. Mm, Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was just reflecting on how I had two incredibly loving parents, but my dad, the one thing he would say that would annoy me would... Every time he saw something that he didn't feel like would lead to anything fruitful in my life, he would say, if you keep doing that, you'll wind up on the street. You'll become a street cleaner is what he'd say. Oh, geez. And I remember that just annoying the heck out of me. I'm not going to be a street cleaner. I'm going to be more than that. That cultivated the resiliency in me, that little comment. So it sounds like all the things that happened for you <laughs> really did happen for you and they had to happen. And they probably happened, would you say, as a reflection of who you were at the time anyway? So it's not some unrelated series of events. It's how you were processing the world and seeing things. And I think being an entrepreneur has its own challenges because there's no roadmap for it. And just to keep going, it's very inspiring. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I think we have so many different, you know, different parts of us, different versions of us and different resources from our past. This is why, I don't know, I'm just going to say something here. It might be controversial, but, you know, these days parents are like so 
coddling, like over coddling with their kids. You know, they want to make sure they're like super, super safe and, and all of that. And I think that's okay to a degree. But when I hear parents like buying their kids houses and cars and things like that, you know, and all of these things I did on my own. But if I had not had the experience of like when I was 16 years old, I thought my dad was like the meanest man in the world because he made me, uh, I needed new tires. And he says, well, you have a job. Can't you just go ahead and buy (laughs) your own tires? And at that time, it seemed like, God, you buy your wives fur coats and trips to Europe and look how you're treating me. But you know what? I'm so thankful that he treated me that way because when things happen in your life. You're not running to somebody else trying to figure it out. You are resourceful. You are independent. And it builds this unwavering confidence in yourself because within a couple of weeks, I figured it out. I got the tires on my car. I needed the tires on my car. This was not a resource that was available to me. So I figured it out. And it's the same way in life. And I like Marie Forleo's everything is figure outable. And I totally agree with that. You can figure anything out. And, you know, the other day, because I'm not exactly where I want to be in my business, I still have my blocks and I have my where I really see myself. And I know I'm going to get there. I just have this unwavering belief in it. But I, you know, just being honest with you, it's like, I thought, what's stopping me? Why am I not where I really want to be? Like, I've come so far, like, I clearly have everything that it takes. I have amazing content. I've created so much content. It's, you know, and I thought about it, I was having this conversation with my husband. It's like, what is the difference between how I can lose weight I can get into the great shape with my body and business because it's got to be the same, right? It's got to be the same. And so I realized that when it comes to like, I know I can lose the weight, it's because I've done it before. I've done it many times. And so I know exactly what it takes. I know the math, (laughs) the formula. And I think that that's a big key is a lot of times when it comes to anything that you want to succeed at, there is a formula, you know, it's a numbers game, you know, 3,500 calories equals a pound. So you have to eat less and move more. And then to do that, some people may know that, but they can't actually do that. Um, And that's because they don't have either the belief or the discipline in themselves. And so I think it really does come down to the belief gives you that discipline. Because if you believe, if you know, all I have to do is travel from here to New York, pick up a bag of, you know, of money, (laughs) it's got a million dollars in it. You're going to figure out how to get there because you know, but if you're not sure if it's really there, you might not be able to put that together and figure out how to do it. So it's like, if you just have 100% faith and confidence that you're going to do it, then it's just a matter of following the formula and doing it. So I kind of feel like it's logical and it's kind of common sense. You can do anything, but again, it does come down to that belief, you know, and that belief is something that is not in the realm of logic. It's in the realm of the subconscious. 
Yeah. And that's where the whole hypnosis really comes into play. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's powerful. And there's probably a lot of truth to that. The areas where anyone gets coddled, we don't develop that sense of uh, accomplishment. And that's why they make you fold your clothes and make your bed in the military so that you have a sense of accomplishment. It's just a little hit of, I got something done. It looks great. And that sets the tone for the rest of the day. I remember I've worked all my life, you know, as soon as I could walk <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and you know, I babysat and, and I mowed lawns and, and shoveled snow and paper boy and you name it. I was it. a paper girl too. <laughs> <laughs> and I never understood people would hire me to set up their VCRs. And, uh, and I would be like, why don't you figure this out yourself? <laughs> because then you'd know, and then you wouldn't have to continue in the state of <laughs> bewilderment of how something works. And then you're surrounded by things that you don't know how they work. And, and that's no way to live. What kind of home is that? <laughs> but it worked My for me. My husband lives in that world. He would be, not, he wouldn't be able to figure out any of this stuff without me. <laughs> <laughs> well, there that you compliment each other. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> reflecting on that, there are those daily challenges of getting up. Tony Robbins will say, you know, he doesn't negotiate with him for a second. He's the just do it type of guy. How have you dealt with those daily doubts that uh, despite having the vision, despite having the formula, which is a beautiful way to describe it, there's still kind of the day-to-day -day ups and downs. How did you manage those? Yeah, that is a really good question. I think ultimately it kind of comes down to understanding, you know, like the motivation comes from knowing that if I do this, this, and this, that it's going to yield this result. If I don't do this, then it's going to yield that result. So it's almost like I sort of fast forward in my mind to know, like, if I don't get up right now, <laughs> <laughs> um, then all my projects, they're going to end up taking that much longer. And so there's a real motivation there for me to, because I have getting up, you know, equated with being able to finish my projects and do the things that I want to get done that day. And I can do it both sides. I can look at the positive or the negative side. So if I do go to the gym, I'll have that glistening toned body and the, you know, I just barely started to see this new level of tone coming into my arms, you know, and it's like, Oh, I'm going to be able to expand on that. You know, it's like, so I want to continue that process. And so I guess what I'm saying is for me, it's like, I see what's going to happen if I do keep doing the work and I see what's going to happen if I don't keep doing the work, that's number one. The other thing too, that I really feel makes this so much easier and so much of a habit is, and in a way it's the doing the thing makes doing the thing that much easier because what happens is you build a relationship with your word. And to me, it's like your word is your power to create. Like everything starts with that. Everything starts with a thought. And when you say at the end of the day, you know, you set your clock for 5 a.m. and then you just blow it off, how much belief and confidence do you have in being able to do it the next day? Every single time, you break your word or your agreement with yourself, you're kind of ticking away at the power 
of that word. Does that make sense? It's yeah. like, and every time you do it, it's like an exercise in building strength of that word so that, um, you know, your relationship as you progressively do the thing that you say that you're going to do, you show up at the time that you say you're going to show up you tick off the things off your to-do list that you wrote down. You don't do the things that you said that you're not going to do anymore. You don't gossip with, you know, about people, you know, you do all these things that ultimately strengthen your word. It almost becomes a non-issue at that point, because it's like a hundred out of a hundred times that I said I was going to do this. I've done it. Like there's no way I'm going to miss a meditation. I've done it 845 days in a row now <laughs> without missing. And that's only because I might've missed one day after doing it 300 days in a row. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So like, there's no way that I would miss a meditation. Like that is ingrained. I've got that one so wired it's just hardwired in and so yeah it might have that might have been like a wordy way to to put it but it, to me it comes down to like really strengthening your word wow that's incredible it sounds like the theme that i'm hearing you have all these systems in place and ways of looking at things and they all at least my impression is they're like bite-sized systems you're never getting too far ahead of yourself and even though there's an eye on how something might unfold, if I take this action, or if I don't take this action, it's still you're with the action and not getting lost in, in the future or the past. I haven't heard you say anything about the past even, which is so refreshing, right? It's like there's a forward momentum in all of your thoughts and your systems of holding yourself accountable to your word. And it's the relationship with self and nobody else, you know, what they say really matters. And it's really great to hear because it feels like the juice is, uh, the I call it source juice, keeps coming. It's like you're um, not dependent on what anybody else says or the world around you does. You'll take note of it, but it doesn't really drive you or affect you. And that's a really beautiful state to be in. So thank you for sharing that. And do you think you just came up with this yourself or even that was a result of learning, of being maybe on the other end of things and feeling what it's like not to be in alignment. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for the, it almost sounded like, like I was getting a reading. I received that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, in some ways it's like, I don't think anything that I'm seeing is new. It's all the learning. Cause that's like one of my favorite things to do is I love reading books. I love attending seminars. I love watching it and just growing. Like if I had all the money in the world, you know, that would be how I'd spend my time going to high-end mastermind retreats and just learning at a high level. So from just my own level of what I've been able to learn about and all my experiences, I didn't even know I was putting it formula together necessarily. And lately it's been more about just really trying to be present and live in the moment. That's why maybe refrain a little bit from diving too much in, into the past, because I want to create from where I am now. I don't want to create from any other 
place on my timeline. I mean, I really want to create from the future. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. Oh, loving that. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think so much of it is just it in a way it's like self-taught, but it's little bits. I can't take credit for all the little bits and chunks of information that somehow I've absorbed through just a constant quest of learning. And I, I think through it all too, the thing that I keep wanting to share that it just hasn't really come through, I feel this moral responsibility to all the people, you know, that I'm serving through my podcast, through my books, through the courses to keep going and keep them moving forward. The better I become, the better other people can, you know, become and the more resourceful and beneficial I'm going to be, you know, to others. And so I don't know, I'm just always wanting to, you know, get better and grow and improve so that I have more to offer and more ways to serve people. So that's just another thing that really motivates me. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it's that motivation is almost intrinsical to being in that state of expansion. It just keeps going and keeps going and, and it becomes a way of being and the being is the core component of it. And then having the being really inform the doing as opposed to either ignoring the being altogether and, and just doing or thinking that um, doing will somehow you know lead to happiness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's incredible. <laughs> I have to go back to the comment on creating from the future. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Describe that a little bit more. So the way I describe that is imagine exactly where it is that you are going or whatever it is that you want to create in the future. And then put yourself like almost like literally just pick yourself up out of this moment and then just move yourself along the timeline into that moment and an experience um, what life is like in that moment. How would you feel? What would you be seeing? Who would be the people that you would associate with? What kind of words would you use? What would be some of your daily activities and behaviors? How would you act? How would you think? And all of that, you bring that back to the present moment and integrate, you know, that new thought process of that person that you're becoming. And so what would be the action? If you knew that that's where you're going, what kind of thoughts would you think? How would you start your day? How does this person in this future do their day? And how can you kind of match your day with that? You know, I like to actually figure out like, okay, so what are some of the things that I'm doing right now that I'd love to take off my plate? You know, like I would really like to not have to create my own sales funnels, right? I love doing it in the moment, but I also feel like my resources would be much better utilized by writing content, writing more books, doing more public speaking, doing more TikTok and YouTube videos, you know, creating more brand awareness of me and all my empire. <laughs> right? Um, not sitting there like figuring out where does this go and 
all of that. So you would figure out like one of those time consuming things, ways that you spend your day. And then you would figure out like, well, what could I replace that with? And maybe you just start with like an hour at a time, an hour a day of something that you could replace that with. And that is how you ultimately are creating from the future because you are literally taking things off of how you act and what you do and you're replacing it with those pieces that would be there if you were being your future self. Wow. Oh my goodness. I'm processing already for myself. I'm going to replace <laughs> my current self from the future after this call. That is incredible. And another one of those beautiful, positive, forward thinking, uh, super forward thing. It's almost backward thinking from, from being forward. It's amazing. So ahead of the future. So, yeah. uh, and I assume this is also why people should work with you and download your downloadables and read your books and so forth. Cause I can only imagine they're packed with all these nuggets and systems and really putting those in place and they're all bite-sized. It's really powerful. So thank you for sharing that. Where can people find you? Yeah. So they can find me by uh, going to victoriamgallagher.com. And from there, they'll gain access to all the things, my book, my app, my courses. They can book a discovery call with me, all of those things and from victoriamgallagher.com. That's wonderful. And for the listeners, you can get all these links below in the description of the podcast. Uh, thank you so much, Victoria. It was the greatest pleasure. I hope we could do it again in one way or another. Yes, me too. Yeah, this was great. You asked great, great questions. And I think we had a really, really great rapport. And I hope I was able to inspire uh, you as well as your listeners. So thank you very much. Absolutely. And you could tell I'm sitting here smiling <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> so thank you so much, Victoria. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, for the latest news and updates, please visit Sirac.com. That's C-I-R-A-K.com. Be sure to grab some freebies and join my mailing list. We'll see you next time. Until then, be happy, be free, be you.